The Morning Sports Desk, available on demand on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and WadenaRadio.com. This is the Morning Sports Desk for Tuesday, February 27th. I'm CJ Baumgartner. That is Corey Tackman. Corey, we've been teasing it now for the last couple days, but a special state team wrestling tournament preview episode coming later today. Yeah, really looking forward to that. We've had the opportunity over the last, I guess, like what, three um three or four like business days going back to last week talking to uh, the coaches of the, uh, of the teams in our immediate area who are uh, getting to go to the state wrestling tournament in Staples Motley and Bertha Hewitt Verndale Parkers Prairie and United North central. And uh, that, uh, what are we calling it? The, 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 the state tournament special or something of whatever, whatever, whatever it is. Um, We're releasing it today. and really had an awesome time being able to chat with those coaches and talk about their teams and talk about their seasons. Um, as we're doing this, it's just a little after 10 o'clock in the morning because this is the morning sports desk, but we'll put out, out this special edition later this afternoon. And I think, I think, um, it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be really, really well received. The coaches were just great to talk to and, and, and gave a lot of great insight, not only about their seasons, but about their teams and their, and their coaching staffs and, 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 you know, I'll look back through some history with their programs. I just thought it was really fun. You know, you, there's this whole big state tournament that's in front of these teams and sometimes it feels weird to look back on when you have this exciting opportunity that's still right in front of you, but it is the perfect time to kind of reflect and, and see how it is you got from that first practice of the season to now you're practicing for a state tournament. It's a pretty special opportunity to reflect. And I thought the the coaches came through um, really, really well with their, with their anecdotes from, from the season. Was there one in particular that you thought that, uh, that stood out to you that was fun to listen to a coach mention? Well, I think one that stood out for both of us when we talked with Bertha Hewitt, Verndale Parker's Prairie head coach, Bill Wagner, he was talking about uh, the very first year that they were all a co-op with Bertha Hewitt, Verndale and Parker's Prairie and the one Oh six club, which had a kid from every school and all of them fighting for varsity time, but also all of them, instead of using as an opportunity to resent each other and to cause drama and rift and faction, instead they came together and really helped bring the program along by just all being good buddies and pushing each other and being better and and, and all that. That was really, really cool. I really love that. I uh, was Staples Motley talking with assistant coach Tappy, uh, just getting to talk uh, about what they thought they could do in their section of playing a really, really good holding for team who was ranked number two in state going into the section tournament. And basically with their head coach, Jim Jackson, basically just saying, if everybody does their job, something special will happen tonight. And everybody did their jobs. Some kids wrestled the match of their lives and they were able to get to that spot. Now they're the number two ranked team in class a heading into the state tournament. So that was really, really cool. And just talking with coach Oyster talking about, just everything that that program has put in going to the state tournament now for, I believe it's the third year in a row and all the work that's gone into that. That's really, really awesome. Corey, what stood out to you? I I, I mean, all of those things, uh, 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 coach Wagner mentioning that I didn't get the chance to talk to coach Tappy, by the way, uh, coach Tappy, I believe named Not, section uh, coach Birga. 
It was Coach Birga. Well, congrats. I mean, so like accolades all the way around, which was he won an assistant coach, like section assistant coach of the section. year. Yeah, yeah, which is which is unbelievable. And and then Coach Oyster talking about his coaching staff and um kind of the family that they have built in that program, where where kids who have wrestled in that program are either back on an official basis as a coaching staff or they they just come back to support those kids. Uh, uh, he mentioned Ethan Hendrickson, who was just an outstanding high school wrestler, now doing things at the Division II level. When he gets an opportunity to come back into that wrestling room, he takes that opportunity. I, I think that sort of – I mean, there there's a lot of things you can say about the sport of wrestling, but the family that's built, um, um, it is it's it, it has a certain niche – and that niche is ironclad. If you are in it, you are completely in it. There's no dipping your toes into wrestling. If you if you dip your toes into wrestling, you're out of wrestling in no time. Because yeah. there's no you can't you can't afford to do it any other way. So from it was neat to hear his perspective on that and, and hear him recognize his coaches and former former athletes who have helped contribute to you know some success for this year too. Yeah, I mean all of that. I think too talking with uh talking with coach Tappy, talking with coach Oyster of UNC, talking with coach Wagner of BHVPP, all of them we asked each of them, "Hey, what makes wrestling in this area so good?" and all three of them gave different answers. So please listen uh to that because they they're all three of their coaches. We appreciate them for giving us the time. Uh they're great. They're all great interviews. They're all great guys. Uh so go watch that episode. Go listen to that episode. We'll try and get it out on the YouTube page around three. We also are going to have it uh on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as Wadena Radio.com and the Superstation K106 app. Three o'clock this afternoon for the special episode of uh, the morning sports desk, our state team wrestling preview special. Uh, and if you're and that, already subscribed, you won't even have to look for it. Right. Subscribe. It'll just download and you'll be ready to roll when that thing comes out. Right. And if you're on a fan bus going down to the state tournament, what perfect listening material to just help ease that drive. If you're somebody who can't go to the state tournament, but plans on listening to the broadcast, Kyle and Dan are going to be putting on on KWAD on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Boom. There's a good way to get caught up, even if you haven't been following everything uh, down to a T. So it's it's perfect if you're a casual fan who wants to catch up or somebody who wants to get uh, just wants to listen to the state tournament. It, it's perfect. So please listen to that. It's going to be pretty darn awesome. Uh, Corey, in state sports today, uh, because things are pretty quiet on the high school front as we're getting ready for section girls basketball and boys basketball is uh, kind of wrapping up their last week of the season. In state sports, the Minnesota Timberwolves are one and one post all-star break. They have a chance to get to two and one. They're playing the San Antonio Spurs tonight at the target center. They're 11 and 47. The Timberwolves are 40 and 17. I believe the Vegas over under win total uh, was around 44 and a half for the Timberwolves this season. So if you smash that over, congratulations, you're going to be getting a nice little payday. Uh, so that's uh, that's something that's on the table there. Uh, the Spurs, Victor Wembanyama has been everything that people have thought he's going to, like for a rookie, for an 18-year-old who's still not in control of his body, a freak of nature, makes Rudy Gobert look small uh, in terms of height. Um, he's been playing very well for his rookie season. His team still stinks around him, which is why the Spurs got the number one overall pick. So the Wolves should win tonight, but uh, 
if anybody has a chance to watch it, and maybe not because it's on Valley, uh, Victor Wembanyama is worth watching. He's one of the he's one of the guys now that is like appointment television. If you get the chance to see him play, because you will. I, what's it, I think his nickname is the alien. There's yep. no one else. There's no one else who's like him. Did you see the the dunk or layup he had the other day that yes. went viral? He literally like everyone was talking about how he literally space jammed it. Yes. You know, when Michael Jordan is reaching out and his arm just keeps going because he's got to jump through somebody. That's right. It literally what happened. And all of a sudden his seven foot five arm just you don't know how it could possibly keep going. And then he's just got this little like dink. It's oh, in easiest two points I've ever had. Thank you very much. He's like jumping from the free throw line and can just bloop. <laughs> it's in. <laughs> he's uh he's pretty special. He also offensively what he's doing. He's he's still figuring out his rhythm and finding his rhythm. You know, he's seven foot five, but probably 206 pounds or something. Um, he's very skinny, but defensively, I think he's averaging almost four blocks a game mm-hmm. and which is more than anybody. And he is a complete menace defensively to handle. I mean, I, I, I saw a video of him the other day. He did like a crossover between the legs, step back dribble from the left wing three and just cashed it. And you're like, this guy hasn't even figured out how to play offense yet. And he's doing that. (laughs) He's, he's all the hype about him was correct. There's a reason that Greg Popovich has decided not to retire yet. Let's just, uh, Let's just put it that way. He's crazy, uh, man. Yeah, he's crazy. It And so it'll be fun. It's really fun because Rudy Gobert kind of sees him as like a protege. Like, obviously, both coming from France. Like, Rudy Gobert's very invested in his NBA career. So it'll be very interesting to see those two uh, go up one-on-one against each other throughout the, uh, the entirety of the game. Rudy Gobert is questionable, according to yesterday's injury report, but should be able to play. He did not play in last week's game or uh, last Saturday night's game where they ended up beating the Brooklyn Nets. So uh, we'll see if he does end up playing tonight. looks like he's on track to do that. So Gobert versus Wembenyama. It's a French versus French who surrenders first. Wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> I am late tired. <laughs> Speaking of guys with French names, the Minnesota twins trade for Manuel Margot uh, yesterday. And we talked about it on, on the podcast. Uh, about how the Twins were in the running for Kiki Hernandez. Enrique Hernandez is what his full name is. And he uh, would have been a super utility guy. Uh, you know, not that great of a hitter anymore. Could play center field a little bit. Because we talked about the Twins have still not found a replacement for Michael A. Taylor. Or they have not gotten that right-handed hitting power bat that you can kind of platoon with Matt Walner. Um, but... The Twins end up doing what Falvey always does, which is the makes a trade for somebody that everybody goes, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot that guy exists and kind of goes and gets him. So the Twins trade Manuel, a four Manuel Margot, and they get a third base prospect who's like 20-ish in the Dodgers system. What the Twins had to trade was Noah Miller. And the Dodgers must like Noah Miller. He's a shortstop prospect, very, very good glove in the high minors. Uh, can't really hit at the level that the twins probably like Uh, he's a good glove, but also when you look at Correa, when you look at Lewis, when you look at Lee Julian, there's just nowhere to put him in that infield. So the twins are like, okay, here, take him. And what the interesting thing is, because Margot costs $10 million, the Dodgers are going to pay, I think 6 million of that. And I think because he has a contract, he has a 
option for next year. That's $12 million. The twins won't pick that up, but it's a $2 million buyout. And I think the Dodgers have to be on the hook or the Rays, one of the two teams, because he was traded from the Dodge from the Rays to the Dodgers in the Tyler Glass now trade. So he played all of two spring training games for the Dodgers, didn't record a hit. And the Dodgers are like, get out of here. You stink. Go to Minnesota. You're banished. Go to Florida. Uh, so Manuel Margot, uh, who is this guy? Uh, he played for Tampa Bay, also played a little bit for San Diego early in his career. Uh, he's a singles and doubles hitter. He's hit eight home runs in the last two years. Uh, singles and doubles guy plays all three positions in the outfield. There's your Michael A. Taylor replacement. He strikes out. He's taking number 13 from Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo struck out like 40, 50% of the time last year. Uh, Manuel Margot strikes out 13% of the time. So the twins end up getting a guy who can't really hit for power, but can play center field and has decent singles and doubles possibilities. And if Buxton does end up playing center field a lot, then you can platoon him with Matt Walner. He has about a 720 OPS versus lefties in 2022. His OPS versus lefties was in like the 800s. So basically he can be a Buxton backup in center field. And if you need a guy to hit lefties, for either Walner or Kepler, that's a nice guy off the bench you can bring in late in games. That's literally why he's here, is to is to be a right-handed bat against left-handed pitchers. It's just more diversity within the lineup. Um, yeah, hit singles, keep the train rolling, just keep keep everybody moving on the base paths and uh, don't hit into double plays and let the next guy and give the opportunity to the next guy. It's pretty straightforward. This is pretty straightforward baseball and a pretty straightforward pickup. I will give you credit, though, um, when you say that, oh, this is a Twins thing where where they just, like, they, they pick up a – I'm impressed you heard of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I play a lot of MLB The Show. He was on one of my Diamond Dynasties. Because I was like, I saw Dodgers outfielder. I'm like, Shohei plays in center field, hey. <laughs> We did. How did we work that? Oh, wait. The French guy who's not probably French. Um, no, it's, you know, what, like we talked about with, with Kiki yesterday is funny, by the way, that we have probably like a seven minute conversation on Kiki 24 hours ago. And before the sun even thinks about setting the Dodgers trade, this guy, it was two hours after we recorded the podcast (laughs) and then they signed Kiki. You're like, all right, well, that's. That's amazing how that works out. So right. that's a good that's a good jinx. And the lesson learned on our part is if you want anybody on the Twins organization, don't ever mention their name because <laughs> the form the current or former team that that uh, guy played for is going to sign them immediately. <laughs> right, exactly. So the inverse happens. So if you wish like Royce Lewis to be traded immediately, they'll sign him to like a lifetime extension. So I think that, oh. That- yeah, if you're willing to risk that, I guess go ahead. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so I mean, I think the biggest nice, thing. Nice fit. That's, nice. that's just an appropriate nice fit. Right. And the thing about Margot is he he's like a 44% ground ball rate. That guy smothers the baseball, which is fine because he can run. So like you said, he, he can avoid double plays. He was a little banged up last year. So like the the, you know if he's a little bit healthier, he's got above average, like not the highest percentile, but he's in like the upper two thirds of runners in baseball. He doesn't steal a lot of bases, but he played for Tampa last year. Tampa runs the base as well. Uh, But again, he's a bottom of the lineup guy. So like we've talked about, every team needs a nine hitter. And when Margot's in the lineup, boom, 
he can be that nine hitter for you. There's no sense in over-evaluating a nine hitter. Right. They're just not going to be 300 future Hall of Famers. This mm-hmm. is not how it works. So um, it's good. You, you mentioned Bucks, and I heard this the other day. Um, this is a quick aside. I, of course, didn't prep you on it at all. Go for it. Um, Buxton said he's going to challenge Castro for the stolen base lead on the team this year. I saw that. Um, do we want him to do that? See, Buxton's just a very confident dude. I think he's just feeling, I think Buxton is feeling the healthiest he's felt coming into spring training in a few years. And I think he's just very, I think he's just very over the moon. It's that first day of school and you're like, man, I'm going to be doing all this. I'm going to be doing that. Uh, yeah, I don't know how much we want. I don't know how much the twins are going to have Buxton steal. Um, uh, you know, because in a perfect world all the time, right? In a perfect, especially since the twins, they didn't steal a ton last year, but as the season went on and the rules have been changed to kind of encourage more stealing, the twins did with Castro and with Michael A. Taylor stole a decent amount of bags. So not like, I think, you know, in a video me- game where you can turn the injury settings off. Buxton is stealing a million bases. Buxton's bunting every at bat, getting to first base, and then stealing second and third. And then right. there you go. But if in the but if in the video game stats, Byron Buxton's hitting is a 90 and his speed is a 98, and his arm is a 96, and his glove is a 99. Mm-hmm. His injuries are 112. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I mean, I hope he does. That would be amazing. That would be an, that's an awesome, like interpersonal, um, sort of competition that right. needs that needs to exist to uh, have fun. Like it's a long season. All of those cliches. It's important to have that kind of stuff. And I hope like crazy that they do end up challenging each other for the stolen base lead at the end of the season. Yeah. I hope like crazy that uh, that you know that they each are at like. We're in, we're starting September and they're each at like 38. Right. It'd be amazing. I'd love to have that. And by the way, if Buxton can do that, like if Buxton is healthy, like his first live batting practice against pitching, I think he took Bailey over like a one hopper off the wall or like banged it off the high wall in center field. Like that guy, I, we do this every year, but we do it every year because he's so dang talented. I'm ready to be delusional again. If Byron Buxton can just be somewhat healthy. Even when that guy wasn't healthy, he still was somewhat productive for the twins last year. If he can like that first half of 2021, I I'll watch those highlights all the time. He was unstoppable. And if he can, this is the thing, like you wanted that middle of the lineup power hitter, like an Adam Duvall or someone like that to maybe give a little bit of thump, be kind of the right-handed hitting Matt Walner. But at the same time, if you get a healthy Byron Buxton and Carlos Correa, well, there's your right-handed power hitting like those guys, like they can get some doubles and they can get that slugging percentage up. The twins against lefties were 20th in baseball, bottom five in the American league against lefties against righties. They were like top three in the American league because they have a ton of lefties that can mash, but Buxton and Correa were hurt a lot of last year. So it's hard to gauge how good they were against right uh, lefties because the twins were banking on those two guys mashing lefties and they just didn't last year. So it'll be, It'll be very fascinating. By the way, uh, to wrap up the podcast, Byron Buxton and Carlos Correa both making their spring training debuts today, Corey. Where is Byron Buxton slated in the lineup? Where is he playing? Designated hitter. Center field. Hey. He's back. All right. Let's do it. Take the sign down. 
(laughs) (laughs) This has been the Morning Sports Desk for Tuesday, February 27th. The Morning Sports Desk, available on demand on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and WadenaRadio.com.